MLB Pipeline released their breakout prospects of 2023. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, freelance baseball writer and podcaster. And thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So the great Jim Callis of MLB Pipeline has put out his breakout prospects of 2023 list. And I I don't say great cavalierly, like Jim Callis is probably on the Mount Rushmore of prospect analysts, uh, just simply because of how long he's been doing it, how much he knows, and how much of of an icon he is. There's a reason they have him on the MLB draft show uh, whenever, when the draft happens, and there's a reason when... If they if somebody gets drafted, they don't have notes for. He sends a couple texts, and they get plenty of stuff to use on the broadcast. Like he is an icon in the industry, and he put out his breakout prospects list for 2023. It is a free article on MLB Pipeline. We'll link it in the show notes. And he does caveat it with he had to move some guys around because he had multiple third basemen to get in there, and so some of the positions are a little funny. We'll mention that when we get to them. But I want to start off with the pitching. And the battery. His catcher is Ethan Salas. We've talked at length on this show about Ethan Salas. 66 games this year between A-ball, high A, and double A. At age 17, after catching big leaguers in spring training. And as a reminder, Ethan Salas is 17. And in 66 games between A-ball, high A, and double A. 248, 331, 421. Nine home runs, 24 extra base hits, 30 walks to 75 strikeouts. Five of eight on stolen bases. A couple things stand out. Obviously, yes, he struck out 75 times in 66 games, but he's also was 17 years old. And so there's a big age to level adjustment there to make. What I found interesting was the choices of right-hand pitching and left-hand pitching breakout prospect. And granted, this is guys who were not on their top 100, who joined the top 100 during the season. The right-hand pitcher makes a lot of sense. Jacob Mizorowski of the Milwaukee Brewers, 2022 second rounder out of junior college, 20 starts this year between A-ball, high A, and double A. 4-2, 3-4-1 ERA in 71 in the third innings, 110 strikeouts, so 13.9 per nine, 242 walks, 5.3 per nine, and two home runs allowed. He is currently out with with. Arm fatigue, it's also a way to manage his innings. He's already thrown a significant amount of innings. But you may remember from the Futures game where he comes out intimidating presence on the mound at 6-7 and he goes and he hits 102.4 miles an hour in his one inning, struck out all three hitters he faced. And that's the story here is fastball-slider combo for Jacob Mizorowski. Fastball sits in the high 90s, can touch 101 in normal competition and obviously in a one-inning spurt, it can get even harder. He's got a slider he throws in the high 80s and then has a curveball that's in the low 80s and he does a good job of locating it to both sides of the plate. It has a changeup that's not great, 
But because the fastball slider are so good, there's a lot of conversation in different places about will he end up being a reliever? And if so, the thought process is he could probably shoot through the system rather quickly. When they first pulled him out of competition, they actually talked about at that point, they still weren't ruling him out helping the major league team in the bullpen this year. Now, that's obviously out of the, the picture now. But for a while, the conversation around Jacob Mizorowski was, yeah, he could be a major league reliever probably right now. Very intimidating presence. Makes perfect sense that he is a breakout for MLB Pipeline. He's at number 36 on their top 100. Makes total sense. The left-hand pitching prospect was a little more interesting. They chose Anthony Solomedo of the Pittsburgh Pirates. 2021 second rounder out of high school. And 24 games this year between high A and double A. 4-7 and seven with a 3-2-6 ERA and 110 and a third innings. 118 strikeouts, so 9.6 per nine, 239 walks, 3.2 per nine, and eight home runs allowed. He went on the development list in August. And since he's been in double A, the starts on average have been shorter, both in innings and in pitch count. They're not letting him go as deep into games. But I struggle with seeing the top-end potential, the breakout kind of stuff from Anthony Solomedo. And I think part of this is maybe when I saw him in person, I just didn't necessarily have a great view from where I was sitting. The stuff doesn't feel like it is top 100 prospect level stuff, right? It is good. Don't get me wrong. It throws a a fastball, some heavy sink to it, 92 to 93. The slider uh, sits in the mid to upper 80s. It's got some cutter action to it. There is a changeup that exists. But I think a lot of his success at the lower levels has been because of he's good at locating and it's a super deceptive profile, right? Like when you watch him pitch, it's just really hard given the, the combination of the arm slot and the action and things he uses. It's really hard to pick the ball up. To me, the actual movement profile of the stuff was fine, but it's more so it's just hard to pick up. And I feel like it's probably the best possible version of a sinker slider profile, but it's still a sinker slider profile. And the fact that in double A, he already dipped below nine strikeouts per nine innings tells me that as a major leaguer, yes, he's probably going to be good. But I don't think he's going to be that top of the rotation kind of arm that you would expect a top 100 prospect. If I told you, hey, this guy's a top 100 prospect when he debuted, you would expect probably more than you're going to get from Anthony Solomedo. A lot of it feels like they did. there's only six lefties on the top 100. And the criteria for this, his own set of criteria from Jim Callis was... A guy who was not on the top 100 at the beginning of the season who played his way onto it. Kyle Harrison, already on the top 100. Ricky Tiedemann, I'm pretty sure he was already on the top 100. He's 31 right now. Robbie Snelly, Noah Schultz, I'm pretty sure they were on the top 100 already. And so your options are like Carson Wisenhunt, Anthony Solomedo. And Wisenhunt may have been like in the 90s on the previous on the preseason list. And so I think this is more, he's up there on the breakout list because there wasn't any other lefties that qualified. I just don't necessarily know if I buy Anthony Solomedo as a top 100 prospect, 
But again, I do need to sit behind the plate and watch him pitch versus what I've done from the standard seats or what I've gotten from the television broadcasts. In just a minute, we're going to talk about the infield. Jim had a lot of different third baseman he had to fit. So there's some interesting positions in here. We'll talk about that next right here on Locked and MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the win. Keep your car alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. Okay, so the infield of the MLB pipeline breakout prospects of the year at first base makes a ton of sense. Xavier Isaac of the Tampa Bay Rays, 2022 first rounder, the guy that I was surprised about when I initially heard it in our draft show, but something where this, like the initial numbers off of Xavier Isaac when he was drafted last year and when he went to the complex league and the initial impressions like from a physical standpoint, like all of that stuff wasn't great. He played in five games, 211, 286, 368. He went four of 19 with two walks and three strikeouts. No no home runs, hit three extra base hits, all doubles. And so a lot of people, because he wasn't a consensus first rounder, and then because he didn't immediately light things up when he debuted last year, he wasn't on the top 100. But he comes out this year, most of the year in single A Charleston, spent about two weeks in high A Bowling Green. But the combined slash line here for Xavier Isaac, 102 games, 285, 395, 521, 19 home runs, 43 extra base hits, 64 walks to 92 strikeouts, and 12 of 12 on stolen bases. When you pulled up uh, Xavier Isaac's games and you watched what he did, he looked slimmer. He looked like he was better able to catch up to fastballs, to identify and lay off of breaking pitches, all the kind of stuff that you're looking for a big jump, and so flew into the top 100. Makes total sense to me. I'm 100% down with it. Xavier Isaac as the breakout first baseman of the year. Let's go with it. Your second baseman on the team is Colt Keith of the Detroit Tigers. And yes, Colt Keith has played more second base than third base in AAA, and he has no errors at second base. But for the most part, he's considered to be probably a third baseman or a first baseman. But as Callis points out, it's his list. He can use the criteria he wants. 116 games this year combined between AA and AAA for the 2025th rounder in Colt Keith. 310, 381, 548. 24 home runs, 61 extra base hits, 55 walks to 112 strikeouts, and 3 of 4 on stolen bases. We talked about him recently when we talked about the Tigers hitting development, getting better at making prospects, and we just needed to see that test at the major league level. I'll do my best to link that episode in the show notes and put the date in here so you can 
Go click on that and watch that for more about Colt Keith specifically. Uh, another adjustment he made for position, the shortstop on the team is Junior Caminero of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, currently in double-A, you've heard me talk about that plenty, um, just because of my recent time calling games for the Montgomery Biscuits. He's played 29 games at short this year. He played 87 at third base. And so he is primarily a third baseman, and the expectations at the major league level, he will be a third baseman. But again, he had Cal's had to make some adjustments to get all the guys in here he wanted to. Caminero's stats through Tuesday night, so the first game of that final series for the Biscuits against Biloxi, 113 games between high A and double A, 330, 390, 607, 31 home runs, 55 extra base hits, 41 walks to 97 strikeouts, and 5 of 10 on stolen bases. Junior Caminero is the real deal. We've talked about him plenty. We don't need to go into a ton more detail at this moment about who he is because Junior Caminero is fantastic and we all know that. The guy that he moved all of these players around, there's another player in the DH spot that's a third baseman. The guy he moved all of these players around for is somebody we haven't talked a lot about, and that's third baseman Tyler Black of the Milwaukee Brewers. Was a first rounder in 2021 out of Wright State, and just not a guy that's come up a lot on this show. I think we may have talked about it on a prospect team of the week or so. But for the most part, he's just been a quiet guy that's handled his business in the minors. Uh, and 114 games this year between double A and triple A 269, 405, 492, 17 home runs, 49 extra base hits, including 10 triples, 84 walks to 94 strikeouts, and 53 of 64 on stolen bases. Tyler Black can absolutely uh, fly, which is funny because the MLB pipeline ratings for him for his speed is 55, above average. But you obviously don't get that many stolen bases and that many triples without maybe actually being faster than they gave you credit for. But as a left-handed hitter, the power is good. It's not great. But the power is good. They actually have him rated as a 40. I think it's a little bit higher than that. He hit 50 extra base hits, 17 home runs, but slugging just under 500. But the thing for Tyler Black is the play discipline's really good. The pitch recognition is really good. And the swing decisions are good for the most part. And he has done some really interesting stuff as far as combining both being good on the base paths with power production they have a note in the article about his next extra base hit will make him the third minor leaguer this year with 50 extra base hits and 50 steals. So he's done pretty good work with both like on the base paths and with the bat. The thing for Tyler Black is defensively, he's probably the least likely to play anything other than third base or uh, a less premium position, right? He has 89 games in third base. 15 games at first base and 10 games at DH this year. And he's one of those players we've talked about a lot of these guys and Edward Julian, um, even going back last year to like a Nolan Gorman, guys like that who offensively, that's where they're making their money and you have to find a place to play them on defense. Tyler Black, the difference in Tyler Black and some of those other guys is he actually has decent speed. And so he has played the outfield some in the past. Uh, but for the most part, I think MLB Pipeline's scouting report says he's going to keep playing some in the outfield. I'm like, he hasn't done that all year this year. I don't think he's going to keep playing in the outfield. He's a decidedly an infielder now. But something where he's going to make his money offensively, the big question is going to be, where does he finally play at the major league level? 
And Milwaukee is one of those teams that has a big uh, playing time crunch coming up through the minors. We'll have that on tomorrow's show about prospects that may be blocked or playing time concerns. They're one of those teams. But all in all for Tyler Black, he's a surprisingly good athlete. And again, I think the speed's better than what they've given him credit for. And the whole question's going to be, one, where does he play? And two, does he hit for enough power? Because again, he had 49 extra base hits. Only 17 of those were home runs. The slugging was under 500. Where does he hit for enough power at that position to not put you into a hole? Like we've talked about when you have a first baseman that doesn't hit for power, it messes a lot of stuff up because that's a position where you can sacrifice, obviously, the defense to get more power. So can he hit for enough power if he's stuck somewhere like a third base or a first base? But either way, Really good year for Tyler Black. Climbed onto their top 100 list. Makes total sense that he would be up there. He's at 51 on that list as of Wednesday morning. In just a minute, I want to get to the outfielders and the DH spot. There are some other interesting choices here, and I really like how they did this. We'll, and we'll talk about that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but global supply chains are fragile. And things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel might cut you off from the treatment you need. But Jace Medical is your solution. You just fill out their online form, and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether their emergency antibiotic medications are safe and appropriate for you. Jace then sends your prescription to one of their partner pharmacies. Your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home, and you can send your physician a message for and you can send your physician a message to get answers to your treatment related questions at any time. Everybody should be empowered to take care for the, of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected times. That's why it offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off using our code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Okay, so for the, for the outfield on this team, there's three outfielders and then the DH is in here as well. For the outfield, first guy is Owen Casey of the Chicago Cubs. Talked about, about him a few weeks ago. But 2022nd rounder out of high school by the Padres, that was part of the U Darvish deal. A lot of the Cubs trades, it feels like, have really worked out in their favor when they've sold a bunch of prospects, or I'm sorry, a bunch of players to get prospects. Pete Crow Armstrong up at the major league level, that was the Javi Baez trade. Like a lot of their deals have worked out. And Owen Casey, 116 games in double A this year. He has not left double A. So the Tennessee Smokies. 282, 394, 510, 21 home runs, 52 extra base hits, 74 walks to 162 strikeouts, and 6 of 15 on stolen bases. He got thrown out quite often early in the year. He finally cut back on the running. I think in the final 45 games, he attempted maybe three steals, and he was actually caught all three times. But he, you know, massive raw power. That's the story here. You're going to have swing and miss. You don't have 162 strikeouts in 116 games without it. But when they swapped from those tacky double-A baseballs back to the normal baseball, Owen Casey did see the strikeout rate come down. In that final 45 games that he's played so far without the tacky baseballs, batting average 294, so up 12 points, 
on base of 419, so up 25 points, slugging a 494 down just a little bit, 54 walks in 45 games compared to 20 walks in the first, however, and 57 strikeouts. So the strikeout rate came down, the walk rate went up, and the power production is close to what it was, a little bit lower, but for the most part, close to what it was. Going to be your corner outfielder, big arm, right fielder, big power, looking for him probably to be in AAA next year and be a midseason call-up option, depending on how he acclimates to AAA. Another guy we've covered on this show before, pretty sure we got him in a prospect team of the week, is Yankeel Fernandez of the Colorado Rockies, number 49 on Pipeline's list and on their breakouts with an IFA out of Cuba. 113 games this year between A-ball, high A, and double A, so three levels. 272, 318, 494, 24 home runs, 52 extra base hits, 30 walks to 127 strikeouts, and one for two on stolen bases. Still has plenty of swing and miss in the game, right? Like, still something you have to work on. That is not settled. That is not fixed. But has shown that he can handle the bat offensively, has shown that he can walk some, so I don't think it's enough, but has done a good job, especially in a system that's really been hurting for an, an impact outfielder. Zach Veen's a guy that they were high on that did not have a great year. You've seen them take some guys to the bigs that just haven't necessarily worked out, although Nolan Jones and Brenton Doyle right now look like they're both working out. They're doing great up there. And you can see Yankel Fernandez being the third of three in the future. Uh, we've you know talked about about him a bit, but a guy we haven't really discussed more so than I think one mailbag question is Roman Anthony of the Boston Red Sox. He's the third guy on this list. 2022 second rounder out of high school. I think it was a uh, Stoneman Douglas High School down in Florida. 102 games, 266, 397, 464, 14 home runs, 44 extra base hits, 83 walks to 116 strikeouts, and 15 to 22 on stolen bases. And when we did talk about him, I remember specifically one of the questions that I got was, why did they promote him when he's not doing well in Salem? And by not doing well in Salem, what we're talking about is, so he opened the year in the Carolina League in Salem, and after 42 games, 228, 376, 317, one home run, 11 extra base hits, 38 walks to 38 strikeouts. And the person asked me, like, why promote him if his stat line's not that great? And it's because all of the underlying data for Roman Anthony was really good. He had an 86% zone contact rate. When he swung at strikes, he hit it almost all of the time. His chase rate was only 16%. Like, he was doing all of the stuff he needed to do. He wasn't necessarily facing good enough pitchers to actually get better. They bump him up to high A Greenville. In those 54 games, 294, 412, 569, 12 home runs, 29 extra base hits. The strikeouts go up, 40 walks to 75 strikeouts, but he, the statistical production shows up and he's just a couple base hits away from a 345 slash line. So when you look, when you watch Roman Anthony play, something where hard hit rate was like 50%. 90th percentile exit velo was more than 105 miles an hour. The power was there. Uh, and I think it comes because he has such good mechanics. He's a lefty hitter, but he really does a good job, especially when you think about he's a 19-year-old, really does a good job at 
getting the upper and lower halves synced together, right? And so he's able to build bat speed, build power through his body, transfer it down into the hands, and get it into the ball. And it's something where the power potential, I think, is really good. And when you look at him physically, he's listed like 6'2", I think 200. He looks like he's taller than that. And he looks like, despite being at 200 pounds, like he still has more room to put on muscle. And so Roman Anthony, to me, you know, long leg guy, long strides in the outfield, can add more muscle, is pretty tall, looks like a guy that could improve off of what he's already shown. Now, the question is, what will that do to his defense? This year, 64 games in center, 19 in right, 19 at DH. Since he's been in AA, literally a week, he's played six games in AA. He's been at center field for every single one. I do think that depending on how much he fills out, you could have some sort of issue on can he stick in center field or not. There are some other questions. Uh, His splits against lefties aren't great versus right compared to what he's doing against righties, stuff like that. He's gotten better throughout the year, so not a huge issue. But I feel good about his ability to handle really good velocity. I feel good about his ability to get to a point where he's making better swing decisions on breaking pitches. Again, he's 19 years old. He got a little bit of trouble in high A. It would be uh, chasing breaking balls. It would be swing and miss, things like that. But for the most part, the chase was good before he got to high A. And then, and I feel good about the outcomes for Roman Anthony and what he can be. Really excited about that there. The DH of this team is Kobe Mayo, who is an infielder for the uh, Baltimore Orioles and another team that has a ton of position players and is going to have a positional player playing time logjam. We're going to get to that in tomorrow's show. But the fourth rounder in 2020 out of high school, also, interestingly, the same school as Roman Anthony just two years earlier, 129 games this year between AA and AAA for Kobe Mayo, 286, 405, 565, 27 home runs, 72 extra base hits for Kobe Mayo, 83 walks to 134 strikeouts and five of six on stolen bases. He's played 94 games at third. He's played 24 games at first. He's played 12 games at DH. He could probably capably be a third baseman at the major league level. His fielding percentage was not great. It was like 919, but we know that those guys can get better. I do think he's a good enough athlete to get better. It reminds me, not a comp, but it reminds me of how Josh Young was considered to be a below average defender. And then when he was the full-time starter at third base this year for Texas, he ended up being at least average. So that's what that's what I think about for Kobe Mayo defensively is what you're going to end up with. He can be an average hitter, but the power is what he's here for. Average exit velocity of 91.4 in AAA, 90th percentile exit below of 106.7. Kobe Mayo is a big boy, 6'5", 230 is what he's listed at, but I think he absolutely can rake. I think he can play third at an average level. But because of the playing time issues, which again, we're going to get into in tomorrow's show, I think he's a good candidate to be your first baseman next year. And somebody who probably has a bright future and is deserving of the breakout. Coming into the year, his 2022 was not bad between high A and double A, 247, 326, 456, 19 home runs. 
but nothing like this. The power was not nearly as big a part of his game as it is now, where he's his slugging's 503 in AAA. So I absolutely think Kobe Mayo is a complete machine, and I think that he's going to have to, he's going to play his way into a spot at the major league level next year. Fantastic week. One more show coming up this week, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you have questions for us, show ideas. Tomorrow's show came from a prospector from an everydayer who listens to us every single day. Send them in to us. Tons of ways to get them to us, whether it's Twitter, email, Discord, subtext, YouTube comment, tons of options. In the meantime, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 